Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I sit down with Martin Ander, who's also known as Manda. Who, he's a uh, Swedish-based illustrator and artist. Um, how are you going? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for right, taking, cool. the, taking the time to, to sit down and have a chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you're, you know, you're from Sweden. Um, like, how was life growing up over there? Uh, probably like like everywhere else I think it's uh winters and summers and yeah that's probably the difference between like Australia it's cold winters and hot summers yeah yeah, yeah it looks very cold over there at the moment you showed me a, showed me outside the window and it's snowing yeah, yeah it's snow now yeah <laughs> that's that's a bummer yeah yeah you get um you get really long sum- long, long days in summer though don't you make the most yeah yeah really long almost uh, like 24 hour days yeah do you find that um, people go go a bit crazy in summer like they're out and about and really like trying to trying to live like cram a whole year into their summer yeah in in the the early summer like as soon as like the sun started coming out like people you go on like in the spring when the, the first warm days if you go into town like there's so much people out and everybody's wearing like tank tops and sunglasses even though it's not that warm at all but you know and people starting going out like to the restaurants and uh, like you know just just being outside like getting all that sun yeah i noticed that when i was living in london it was like as soon as the sun came out like we'd um i'd play a game with my friends and we'd just count the amount of people we saw walking around with like no shirt on and like bad times <laughs> and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People tend to like lately. People tend to want to show up their tattoos they done in the winter time. You know, just yeah. <laughs> you know, people with shorts, even though it's just like twelve degrees warm or something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you're you're Stockholm based. You're just outside uh, of Stockholm now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm an hour from Stockholm, but I grew up in Stockholm. Yeah, I visited yeah. there um, years ago, back in two thousand and two. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was about this time of year, so it was snowing as well. But um, oh, nice. Yeah, I went went to see some friends who I um I thought they were living in Stockholm, but um they're actually in um, uh, Lin shopping. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and they took me to North shopping and um and like painted walls there and stuff like that. Oh, you did the the harbor wall. Yeah. The yeah. big. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. there were lots of like Icarus pieces there and people. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, and there was um, an exhibition on there as well while I was there. It was in the um, in the caves, like the underground caves. It was like in Norrköping. No, no, no. It was in Stockholm. No, in, in Stockholm. Yeah, yeah. It was okay. a graffiti exhibition in um, underground. Oh no! In a cave, like under a park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one. Oh yeah, yeah like, I was there. Yeah, it was yeah, like I remember a, that one. Old, old, like what, what, what are those caves about? Are they like old bunkers or something like that? Uh they all they're probably like. Um, no, I think it's just storage for like the the street sweeping cars and stuff like that. But nowadays, actually, those caves are uh, it's like this big like uh, internet company that has the they have their servers there in the in the that cave. Mm-hmm. So that's a like a big office now. They have like like a like a storefront in front of it, like in the opening in the like when you get in inside of it. So it's uh, some kind of business now in that cave. But that that uh, that show got shut down by the by the uh, Stockholm city. Okay. Well, was it illegal yeah. or something? No, but we had this thing called the zero tolerance policy that um, 
that that it's not anymore but um uh, the the city weren't allowed to participate in any kind of uh, like graffiti activities like legal walls or like gallery shows or or even private gallery shows got shut down mm. by the police so that exhibition was pretty much in the media about then i think yeah yeah because i saw um because you, you used to work for underground productions didn't you yeah, and uh, I, I was reading up like uh, that used to be one of my favorite magazines. I used to buy it all the time. Oh, great! Yeah, it's nice to hear. Yeah, it's uh, I I, re- I really really liked it. It was always um I I know I've, I've always been drawn to Scandinavian styles, you know, oh, il- cool. illustration, graffiti, and and art in general. I just think it's um it's cool cool styles coming out of Scandinavia. Always has been. Oh, but, nice. Um, but yeah, I was reading um I was reading up about that uh. And and just saying how it was, um, you know, really standing up for to to show, um, you know, graffiti and hip hop and all that. And it sounded like it was quite repressed in um in uh in um Sweden at the time, you know. Yeah, for a couple of like maybe ten years, it was like just really hard to to be uh, into graffiti. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, they both they had that the zero tolerance policy and for the train scene they had like undercover guards and like that was kind of like a SWAT team just like you know it was crazy yeah but uh, all that is um, is shut down now the the underground guard things the guy who was the head of it like the head of the transit company he got busted for like uh, he was bribed he, they got the contract by getting like like with bribes and it was like some kind of illegal thing and he got busted and there was lots about in the media about that and then now we had a we have a new um, uh, what do you call this it? it's like a new political group running stockholm since um, since then and they they just like maybe one month ago we got the first legal wall in stockholm yeah that is re- really illegal yeah yeah because it's always been pretty pretty hammered with um chromes and all that like you know WFC and all, all those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Since the like mid eighties, I think. Because yeah. I remember when I was yeah. there, it was it was pretty bombed. Like there was snow everywhere, but there was still a lot of uh, a lot of graffiti everywhere. You know. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good time for graffiti, like early two thousand. Yeah. So how did you yeah. become um, the art director for um, Up Magazine? Well, I. Um, I kind of met, I started writing in like 92 or 93 and uh, pretty fast I, I met uh, Jacob and Tobias and Malcolm who run who was running uh, on our productions back then. And they just put out the first issue and I, well, I think I met them before they put out, put out the first issue. But I just started hanging out with them and then I um, started going to meetings because they had like like editorial meetings, like once a week or something in this, in this really, really small office. Uh, I started going there and then at one time they didn't have a computer. And, um, so and my dad worked in an advertising agency, which I had the keys to. So we started going, well, well issue number, I think it was issue one, number 11, me and Jacob sat at my dad's work all night doing the, doing the layout for it. Okay. And then uh, around 2002 or three or something, 
I moved oh, 2002. I moved back from Stockholm. I've been living in Gothenburg for a while. I moved back and I started um, and I did a magazine called Kilroy for a while, like maybe like one or two issues. That's a Uppsala-based uh, uh, graffiti magazine, the oldest one in Sweden, actually. And then uh, I did that for a while and, and shared uh, offices with Highlights. That's a graffiti shop. And um, then I moved the office and I moved in because Document Press, which is uh, the underground productions, turned into a, like a publishing company called Document Press. And uh, they had like a pretty big office that was really nice. So I moved, rented a room at their place and then I just started doing the magazine for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that's about it. So you're still linked with Document Press these days? You still do stuff with them? Oh, yeah. But... Uh, uh, UP because we renamed the we renamed the magazine from Underground Productions to UP, mm. or like Up that works works pretty good in graffiti too. Yeah, yeah. But um, we, uh, Up is um, it's on a uh, we shut it down now because yeah. there's like no reason to have it anymore now with the internet and stuff like that and and so the guys that used to run UP and Document Press are Jacob who started. Uh, who, who's oh Malcolm is uh, he, that was why they started Document Press was because he was he was doing a graffiti book called They Call Us Vandals that is pretty big, and they needed a publishing company to put it out, so they started a publishing company, and then that that kind of more and more took over took over and they started doing all those those overground books and lots of other graffiti books, and then they started doing like uh, other kinds of books like subcultural themed books. And now they only do that. They yeah. put up like, put out like twenty titles a year or something. And I do layout for many of them. Okay. Are you, are you feeling yeah. that the work's really slowed down with the decline of print, or is it um, still quite popular? Well, I think those kind of books are still popular, hmm. but it's it's harder to get finance for it. Yeah. For putting them out, but it's. Uh, now people still want to buy like a photo book or, or, or you know, you, you can, people want to buy stuff to give to their friends at Christmas and like birthdays and stuff and books. Just, and, yeah. yeah uh, I don't know. I, I think they, they are still grow, growing actually. So. Yeah. Cause yeah. I've got I've, like at my studio, I've got a um, bookshelf full of books and I've got a bookshelf full of books at home as well. And um, yeah, yeah. yeah, people come over and like, you know, younger guys come over especially and, would be like, oh, start flicking through the books, and it just they, it's it's weird because you look around and, you know, for the younger generation, they don't. I guess they they didn't collect all the books like you know people our age did back in the day. You know, no, probably not. Yeah, and it's the same with the 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 graph magazines. Like nowadays, you can see people on Instagram, like like younger people wanting to catch up on the magazines. You know, they want to say, oh, does anyone have like UP number twelve for sale? You know. Yeah. They want to collect them now, you know. Yeah. Were you part of the um, like you know how they they changed up formats for a lot of episode, uh, a lot of issues. You know, oh, yeah, some the, were landscape, some were portrait. Like. Yeah. Were yeah. But then no, I wasn't living in Stockholm uh, when they did the the smaller ones. Hmm. But uh, but I was still like hang out with them, so I I remember that. Yeah. I don't know why it's actually. Yeah. So um. Like going back a bit, like what what got you into art originally? Uh, well, I um, uh, when I was young, my dad used to be a 
he was an illustrator and like an art director at this big advertising agency. And my mom was in, worked in publishing. And my dad was also like a collector of like, he collected like art books and, uh, um, you know, like comic books and stuff like that. So I, I always had that things around me and my dad was drawing all the time. So that was kind of what I, that what I, I thought work was that, you know, yeah. you draw, <laughs> you just drew. That was kind of what you do when you work. So I kind of always been drawing like, and I never actually thought of doing anything else. Yeah. So, so. That's the only thing I <laughs> I can do, you know. Yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah, you're pretty fortunate being in a uh, in a house where where people are drawing all the time. You know, like growing yeah. up, it's yeah. like because you yeah, know definitely. children you usually want to emulate what the um, adults are doing, and you know if they're drawing all the time, it's um pretty good environment to grow up around. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was was what was cool when I started meeting other graffiti writers, and I came home to them, and we we're sketching, and they had like they had no papers at home or like good pens and stuff like that. So I was like, why don't you have, you don't have papers? Like we had so much papers and pens all over everywhere. So, you know, like people were drawing on like going to the post office and stealing all these, you know, little post, uh, these papers you got from there, you know, to have to, to sketch on and like sketch, sketching on like pizza boxes and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, like what, what what were some of your early drawings like? Do you remember the styles and stuff you were doing? Yeah, I was probably trying to mimic like uh, Mad Magazine, uh, like cartoons and like Franco-Belgian cartoons, you know, like uh, Spirou and Lucky Luke and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, my dad was a was a he was doing like uh, caricatures and stuff like that. So. So I probably tried to most like uh, cartoon characters, but also I was really into I don't know like doing text, like writing like Zap or something cool. That was probably from seeing like uh, you know like Mad Magazine and you know the Don Martin characters when they fell they always had these like cool noise, like noise text image, you know. Yeah. So, so I was doing that too, which fitted very well when I found graffiti and, and, um, so I just kept on doing that. <laughs> yeah. So like you, and like you, uh, got into lots of different subcultures as well when you were young, you know, like, um, like skating and graffiti and music and partying and that were you like within those, um, cultures, were you doing a lot of drawing for people as well? Yeah, that was kind of basically what, what drew me into it. Um, I got into when I was around like 12 or something or I started going to town to skate. I I met, you know, I started doing like uh, like posters for the local skate shop and I started seeing all these like posters for, for punk rock shows and I started collecting them, you know, because <laughs> I, um, I just thought it looked so cool. They weren't that good actually, but I just looked cool like with these texts and images and that that was kind of part of it wasn't like because when i because we went all, to all the art fairs and stuff like that in stockholm and and i i kind of liked it but i didn't really understand it and and that was like my 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 the older generation's art but when i saw like the like posters and flyers and skate graphics and stuff like that it kind of spoke to me you know so um so i started like doing 
doing everything I could do to to get to do that kind of things. Like started skate scenes and like did posters and flyers for friends, uh, like clubs and stuff like that. So that's about how I got into it. Yeah. We um like do you remember the first time you were you were paid to do some drawing for someone? Yeah, uh, I do. That was for um, uh, we had a skate shop in Stockholm called Street Style that was run by Per Holdknecht. He was a professional freestyle skateboarder uh, back in the early eighties, and uh, he asked me if I could do two uh, two illustrations for a catalog to him. And he paid me like in cash, like really much money because he was uh, he was spending a lot of money back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> Just gave me like a like a bunch of bunch of thousand kroner bills. You know, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. How old so were I you did then? that uh, maybe like 14 or something. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe maybe a little bit older. But I don't know. Maybe I've done like some some like posters. I got paid in like you can get a T-shirt or you can pick something from the warehouse, you know, stuff like that. But the first time I got money for a job was that. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. And, and I found that I found that catalog, and they're like horrible. I don't want anyone to see them. <laughs> <laughs> you all got to start somewhere. Yeah. 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 Like, have you have you um like always done illustration as a as a career since then? Yeah. Uh, yeah um yeah i have it's like um uh, i always been focusing on doing that but i've been like for a couple of years i worked in an advertising agency and that wasn't really much illustration i've I've been like on and on like illustration and graphic design but since like the last 10 years it's been like more and more illustration now it's almost just illustration yeah and and did you did you study or were you self-taught uh, no, I'm basically self-taught. Taught. Um, like, since I grew up in like a, uh, uh, my dad at, at my dad's work actually, so <laughs> almost. So, so I've been seeing that all my life, and then uh, I went to um, I don't know what we call a gymnasium. It's like the last three years of school. I had like a, uh, it was called like aesthetic. Uh, like school so I, I i did some that was like really basic art school thing yeah. did that for three years and then i started i i went to like one year to like regular art school but i didn't like it at all and then when all my friends started going to like the 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 real art schools i i didn't get in <laughs> i did this uh you know you had to show samples of your work and i wasn't really serious about that and and then I just, then I just got a job instead and started working in an advertising advertising agency. So that's where I learned how to do it like professionally. Yeah, it's interesting you say you showed examples of your work and didn't get into to schools and stuff like that because I I was watching a uh, I was watching a video on YouTube. It was a couple of years ago now, but I, um, yeah. there was uh, some some people that that made a folio, but they put some really famous artists' um, work in their folio. And like obviously not 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 so famous that it's instantly recognizable, but as um yeah. this guy that had made a, uh, a a you know a really good career for himself as an artist, and I think he's dead now, and he's painting himself for an absolute fortune, and they filled their folio with his work, and they couldn't get into yeah. any of the art schools. Yeah, that's strange. <laughs> I, I think they, I think they're mostly looking for like people that not that people are good at 
drawing or something or something but they are like more like they have good ideas yeah. or like a, a good way of thinking and like my friend spent like month on those uh, like examples that they were going to show and I, I did it like in an afternoon you know I, I was busy partying yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really get it back then yeah but then then I when I worked a couple of years it was like oh now it's no use to go to art school now I already, I'm already in you know yeah like in the business did it take you a long time to sort of get to that point? Um, yeah, to get to make money from it. I, mm. like, that, that took uh, some years. But I worked two years at an ad- advertising agency and that's where I kind of learned how to how to do it professionally and how to have like contact with clients. Because when I started, I was like, oh, I really, I got a hang of this. I really know what to do. And they said like, oh, can you send me a PDF? And I was like, what, what's a PDF? You know, like... I never had no idea how to how to make those kind of like do it for real, you know. But then I learned that, and then the 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 company I showed that I worked at they um, they shut down the office that I worked at, and then I quit, and then I just started doing it for myself instead. Yeah. And, and um, sorry, yeah. No, no, no. But it, it took a it took a couple of years to get like. Uh, so I was mostly working for like friends and like my friends' friends or friends of friends, you know. But uh, after a while, start other people started contacting me for for jobs, and so so since then I've been doing it. And how yeah. how do you go about drumming up clients? Like you know, because you said you know it was friends of friends, but then other people contacted you. Like how, how did all that come about? Well, I don't know because it felt like in the in the in the beginning it was mostly like because I did lots of like flyers and posters and had like stuff all over town and that was up and then I guess people saw it and uh, and I, I was you know out at clubs very much and met a lot of people and they grew up too and get jobs and some of them get in like a good position at their job and need people to do work for them so so um, I think that was that in the beginning. Mostly like people that I knew or new people that I knew, and then uh, after a while, other people started contacting me that I that I didn't know. So so that's that's how I got in, you know, just knowing lots of people. <laughs> that, that's that's the key. Yeah, good networking. Yeah. Yeah. Was was there like um like one project that or or illustration or anything like that that really boosted your career? Uh, yeah, definitely. It was. Uh, well, first I, I was doing mostly like graphic design and and um, like books for Document Press, and then in the office next to me was uh, a girl named Karin who who rented another office there. And she's a musician. She was in the band uh, The Knife. Have you heard them? No. They were oh, they were like really, really big like electro pop duo, and uh, she was doing a solo project. And she saw what I did, and she asked me if I wanted to do a, the album cover for that. And uh, like after that, I did that one, and that 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 uh, record really blew up. It was really big. And then, uh, like the week after I got uh, that one got out, I got started getting like emails from all over the world, like people wanting to like interview me and see what I did more, and getting lots of jobs from people all over the world. Yeah. So that was yeah that that was called the Fever Ray. So that was uh, pretty cool. So I did like that album and like 
five or six uh, like singles from the album and the album got uh, voted like third best record cover in the world that year by like uh, creative review or um, that or you know that magazine yeah so so that was really cool so then then my my name got around really much you know yeah did you find you got a lot more work in the music industry then as well well lots of people contacted me but they were most of them were like hey can you do a flyer for my like electro club in argentina or like really small jobs but then it took a couple of years but then i started getting more jobs from like the record company or record industry but mostly like swedish stuff so I saw you, yeah. did a, you did a tour poster for Violent Soho, like the Australian. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I, haven't, I don't know how they found out about, about me, but I think they skate, actually. So I think that's about from skateboarding, yeah. probably. Because a previous yeah. guest on the podcast, Callum Preston, he, um, he does a lot of their artwork as well, and he's a ah, skate, cool. skater too, and he's a musician. Yeah. Ah, cool, because I, I I, I, I'd never heard of them, but I looked through their like stuff on the internet, and I thought they, they had really good, like, artwork and also this uh, this girl that i've been following on instagram for a really long time uh called samantha dunn or sam dunn from from england she's done stuff for them too mm-hmm. so they, they it seems like they uh, they look uh, look a lot on instagram or or like you know try to follow a lot of illustrators and stuff like that yeah you got good taste yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> So, um, like you, you do most of your work by hand, don't you? Like you, yeah. you really pride yourself on, um, on, on you know being uh, um, hands-on illustrator. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know. Um, oh, what were you, you going to ask me something? No, no, no. Go, carry on. Yeah, but that's because uh, uh, it kind of came with that. Uh, at, Nowadays, when like everybody's got a computer and everybody's got Illustrator and Photoshop, and you see so much graphics that are just like sampled, you know, they just take something and redraw it, or or just like you know, like take images and do some mix around in Photoshop with it and call it an illustration. I don't, I don't really think that that is illustration. That's just uh, like sampling. It's, it's it can be cool too, but but I I, I want to have like my own work, you know. And my own lines, and I want my lines to be, you know, have that nerve that doesn't show in like uh, like uh, digital work. So then that's the same with thing with like lots of people drawing on like Wacom tablets and like computer graphics, you know, like with these tablets. And I, I think the the lines doesn't look alive. It kind of feels like they're it's like the same brush stroke all over and over again. It's like. Because I really like, and I, I, I also, I don't, when I scan something, I don't do much more with it in the computer than probably like, or maybe like coloring or color separations. I don't want the lines to, because I like when I, when the lines are a little bit like, no, doesn't look that good because it, it needs to be shown that it's uh, it's done by hand. And nowadays people don't, don't even understand it. So it's like, they're like, oh, can you send the the text in a in an EPS file to me, like as vectors? It's like, no, but that's not a text. That's not a font. That's a I've drawn that myself, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. So or like people like younger guys like 
mailing me. So what what uh, program do you work in when you do your illustrations? And uh, they don't even understand that it's made by hand. You know, it's like drawn with pen and paper. So I think that's uh, I don't know. I take a pride in doing it by hand. Yeah, good on you. It shows. Like, yeah. like, what's your technique? Because I've been doing a lot of um. Yeah, you know, I, I was setting up a file the other day for a screen print, and I just I don't know. I was I I haven't done I haven't done many screen prints for myself. Like I've I've done uh, yeah. you know lots of color separations and everything. But you know, it, it, it working as a designer and everything comes through with vectors, and it's just like. Bing bang boom, yeah. you know, separate it off. Yeah. But um, but as yeah. far as going from like a uh, an an ink drawing, like what's your technique of getting it from um, you know, from the paper to like the final output? Yeah, I I scan it and then I use, then I make it because I always draw like the 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 outlines on paper, and then I uh, scan it in like really high resolution and turn it into a bitmap, um, and then I put the bitmap in Illustrator and I draw the, cause I, I, I never have any, or very uh, usually never have any, any like gradients or something in my drawings, just like plain colors. Cause I, I always been um, like influenced by screen printed stuff like skate graphics. And they always, they never have like, usually never have a gradient. So I always have like, uh, the colors are like really plain. So, um, and then I draw, in all the colors in Illustrator as vectors, but I still leave the but I still leave the um, the outlines as like um, a bitmap on top of it. Yeah. So, so you just um, color behind so, them. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's basically how you did it uh, before computers, but then you did all the colors like on a separate paper. Yeah. Because so, I, I think I think my my problem was I was trying to look for shortcuts. But there's no shortcuts, yeah. you know. You just do it. You do it right. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you you never live trace anything or anything like that, because you just kill it when you do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, what's live trace? In Illustrator. Uh, well, sometimes when when the client says that no, it has to be in vectors or something like that, I can do that. Yeah. But it kind of kills it, I think. Yeah, you round off even though edges it's, and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's it's become better. But it's still, you know, when you zoom into it, it's like all these, like, no, it doesn't look good. You know? No, no. Things that weren't there are there, and 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 vice versa. Yeah. 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 So you were you were saying that you've um you're influenced by a lot of skateboard graphics. Like you've you've yeah. done, also done a lot of graphics for skateboards, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've done like. 200 graphics or something serious and yeah how did you get involved in in uh, that game uh, well uh, that's a long story but i got into skateboarding around 85 and i got this little plastic skateboard that had like a text on it that said skateboard <laughs> and it was kind of <laughs> yeah. in case you didn't uh, know obviously. what it was <laughs> yeah yeah and it had like a text that was kind of like a semi-graffiti text it was like a cloud with like a 3D on the letters and everything. And I was like, oh man, this is so cool. I, I thought it looked so cool. It was pretty awful actually. But, um, and then some of my friends started getting those like cheap ticks, you know, these cheap wider boards in like uh, the mid 80s uh, wave of skateboarding. And those had like really cool graphics, even though it was like the, the lousy ones. 
But then in 87, we were on a like, family trip to Los Angeles, and I, I wanted to buy a real skateboard. So we looked up in the phone, phone book for a skateboard shop, and we went to this shop called Rip City in Santa Monica. That's a, that's a really like legendary skate shop I have noticed nowadays. And uh, when I came in, I just saw all the graphics, and I was like, wow, this is like the coolest thing i ever seen. <laughs> it's like letters and like characters and they had like all the that was like in the 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 peak of the graphics scene you know with like all the santa cruz and powell and sorlac graphics and i was like oh this is like so cool this is what i want to do and i i just started sketching on graphics directly you know and i've been did that like for a long time just drawing up the shape of a skateboard on a paper and just did a graphic on it yeah. like made up like fantasy graphics you know <laughs> and then um, in then i've since i've been skating since then so some most of my friends i wasn't really that good but some of my friends got really good and started like becoming pro and getting their own boards and getting their own starting their own companies and then when uh, my friend martin carlson who's like a swedish uh, like a well he's a he, he's a big name in skateboarding in Sweden. He started his own company and they needed graphics and they asked me if I wanted to do graphics. And I was like, yeah, that's that's what I've been dreaming of about all my life. So they graphics for them. And then then I started doing graphics for other companies because they saw them and wanted me to. And then eventually it led me to doing graphics for the bigger companies or big company. <laughs> you know, so, so now I work for Flip Skateboards in, in, from California. So I do like maybe like 40 graphics a year or something for them and still do for smaller companies too. So that's how I got into that. Yeah. And how did you get hooked up with Flip? <laughs> well, um, well, I, I've been doing graphics when I, like in maybe in like 2007 or eight, nine, something like that. I had done like graphics for like probably like all the Swedish companies and a company from Finland. And, and I just wanted to, and I've talked about doing graphic with other Euro companies, but it never happened. And then and I was like, maybe I want to get into like the, the, the American scene. Cause I, I thought they would pay better actually. <laughs> and then I met Ali, uh, Ali Bolala, uh, who just came back from Australia then after his accident at the skate park he was sitting there and I started talking to him because we were like old friends from like the early, like the late 80s or something. And because uh, he was still pro for Flip and I just asked him, asked him like, who who should I contact if I want to contact Flip, you know? Because I thought I was looking for a company. I thought I can't contact like the companies that that, that have a style already. And it, I, I looked through all the companies and I thought like Flip doesn't really seem like they have like one illustrator doing all the stuff. They had like lots of different styles and then they have like a thread on how they should look. Well, they did, but you could tell there was lots of different artists doing it. So I thought that would be probably the easiest place to get a, to get a job. So Ali uh, thought it was a good idea. So I just I mailed them and then they, they, Returned the mail a couple of months later, and uh, and uh, since then I've been doing graphics for them. <laughs> but actually, before that, I did a, I did some, I had some contact with Spitfire Wheels from, and did uh, some T-shirts for them. But uh, that never caught on, really. Yeah. 
didn't catch on fire. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. Did you used to draw on your own boards, like like spray them white and do your own graphics? As well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I drew on everything, you know, like yeah. boards and backpacks and everything. Yeah. When I was um when I was in England, like living in London, I was working for a skateboard company. I was like working for New Deal Distribution over there. Huh. And, and, okay. Cool. And they were um. Yeah, they did Spitfire, Girl Chocolate, and all that as well. Yeah. They did, they um they they were doing Zoo York at the time, and a um, and a, a whole pallet of boards came in, and they um forgot to screen print like half of them, so they were all just <laughs> like dipped in dipped white boards, and they couldn't see. Right. They were distributing to all the shops, so they could they, they yeah. just couldn't do anything with it. And then um so I got a whole bo- whole box of boards off them, and um I oh, started cool. doing my own graphics on them, and it was all. It was pretty good. Yeah. Made my own pro models. <laughs> yeah, cool. I've done that now when everybody's like, all my friends are turning 40. It's like, I've been like some people contact me like, oh, can you do like a pro graphic for my friend who's turning 40? Like if it's a birthday gift. So I've done some from like for like other skaters, like friends of mine that done like the one-off pro model <laughs> for <Yeah>. them. <laughs> like honorary pro model. <laughs> yeah. Because I guess when you when you grow up skating, it's like the dream is to be a pro skater, and then when when that doesn't eventuate, the ne- if you're into art, like the next best thing is getting like your graphics on a board. Yeah. Yeah, but I I had the the other way around. I I, I knew that I was never gonna be a like good skater, so I just always been like, I want to be like the skate artist guy. You know? yeah. <laughs> I was like really into looking at when I looked through like Thrasher and and Transworld back in the 80s. I was just looking through the like the logos and the graphics and like the the and the Jenkins comic that was in like Wrench Pilot that was like a comic in in Transworld and that the Thrasher comics the other comics thing and I was in totally into that almost more than skateboarding itself. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. crazy. So you, you've uh, you've also um, like printed three books as well. Yeah, is that that's yeah. right? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've done th- uh, yeah three books. Um, the first one was a collaborative project with me, Martin Carlson, the guy who gave me my first graphics job, because uh, he's a copywriter, mm. and a photographer named Jens Andersson, who's a pretty famous, like, started out as a skate photographer, but now he's like a fashion and like a real photographer. Uh, we just uh, met, you know, and just, we all had kids at the same time, Basically, we just started talking about our own childhood and we started talking about the days, you know, when we were young and skated in the parking garage, you know, and, and Jens started taking out like all these photos that he took back then and they were so good. So we thought like, wow, that, that would be cool to make a book about like the scene in there because he had so much pictures and they were so good, like documentary, like, like really good, like time documents. So we put together, put together a book and like self-published it. Um, well, it didn't sell that good, but everyone who bought it was like, thought it was really good. So I still have like 400 books in my garage or something. <laughs> but then after that, I done, uh, 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 I've done like two children's books. One uh, like picture book called Hip Hop Board Book. It's like a hip hop themed picture book for like really small kids. But it's um, it's still made. Uh, no, it's it's not one of those books you buy for the parents because it's fun. It's still like uh, really supposed to attract kids. 
not the parents, you know. So it's yeah. the parents could maybe recognize some people in the images, but there's still the kid is pointing at like ball and it's a ball, but it's maybe some famous rapper playing the ball, you know. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, after that, I've done uh, another kind of children book for a little bit older children. It's like a rap along book. So this rapper in Sweden called Kristoffer uh, Malmsten, who had like a pretty big career in the early 2000s. Um, he wrote this text that he, that he thought like, oh, maybe this is better as a book than as a text, like a book that rhymes. And he contacted me to do, a, it's about pizza. So it's a really fun topic too. So he contacted me about doing like the book. So we made like a song and a book and a, a video for the song and uh, well it's in Swedish so probably most people that hear this can understand it anyway but, but it's a, it was a fun project it was we tried to get some something new going you know and that one went, went very well well so now when I, it's called slice so uh, now when I look at like the hashtag slice or something on Instagram I can see like kids wrapping the like rapping along with a book, like people, like parents filming the kids, like rapping about pizza. And that's pretty fun. <laughs> it's a cool thing. Cool. Yeah, that's great. So you, like you've, you've yeah. bounced around a lot with like, um, like lots of different projects over the years. Yeah. Like, like who, who yeah. are, um, like some of your, your biggest inspirations, like your influences? Um, well, um, early it was probably just, you know, like the, the cartoon it's the cartoons that I read you know but then around when I was maybe like 14 or something I found these other cartoons that my dad had that wasn't really up for display you know like the underground stuff I was totally blown away by that like the Swedish underground cartoonist like uh, Joachim Pirinen you should look him up <laughs> or and the Swedish artist called Hans Arnold that did like horror illustration and um then it was so that was my like my first like whoa this is so cool and then it was the skate thing and like graffiti like swedish graffiti like uh like when pike started getting up that was like oh that was mind-blowing you know you could look at the piece and like how can you do this this is too good to be true you know and then it's been like everything i've been looking at I've always been looking at illustration and like art and stuff like that. So it's um, it's hard to say what my biggest influences are, mm. but definitely them. And uh, a skater named Gorm Bo- Boberg, who he was uh, he did graphics in the in, in the early '90s for New Deal and uh, uh, Mad Circle skateboards. Yeah. And he also he also was a graffiti writer, so I got to meet him a couple of times and when I was young, and he skated. And he was like the coolest person I ever met. You know, he did exactly what I wanted to do, like write graffiti and do escape graphics and skate, you know, but on a much higher level. So, well, we're, we're friends now, but then, then it was like my idol. You know? yeah. He was a big influence and, and I think he's a little bit forgotten what he did for the skate scene back in the 90s, you know, his graphics were super good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Nowadays, it's like you see stuff everywhere. Like, and there's so much artists on Instagram and on the internet. You can just you just look at my feed, you know, and see hundreds of super good like drawings. You know. Yeah. So. I know the feeling. 
Yeah. I was watching that um, YouTube video on you earlier today, and you mentioned that um, that Dwayne was an influence on you as well. Yeah, um, yeah, Dwayne. Right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he he, um, he spent some time in Melbourne in the nineties. He came. Oh yeah, here. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah him and uh, it was like Pike and Dwayne was. Uh, they were always painting together, and they moved to Stockholm about the same time and were affiliated with the Vim crew. And they were like so good, like especially, well, Dwayne was actually the one I liked most back then because he had like this super innovative styles and and the style kind of built his letters the same way I did. You know, I, I kind of, oh, he was a really big ins, uh, inspiration and they were a little bit older and they had like art shows that you could go to and, and stuff like that. And they made everything so perfect and so good because I've always been like into like, you know, good drawing like nowadays like illustration can be like a little bit sloppy and you know like the art school scene is really you know it's it doesn't seem to be cool to be like a good good uh, illustrate illustrator you know you just have to have a fun idea and do something like that looks a little bit sloppy you know <laughs> but i've always been into like really good illustration and both pike and Dwayne were like really 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 good mm. but still had that super cool ideas all the time yeah and then after that, yeah, and after that was like guys like that kind of like took over from them where they started getting less active. Guys like Finsta, you heard about him? Yeah, he's fresh. Yeah, I've been yeah, trying yeah. to get he's... him on, on here, but um, yeah, lost contact with him. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, I can I can talk some talk to him. <laughs> he's a good guy, you know. He's he was when he started getting he, he went to like the art school, the big art school in Stockholm. And when he kind of came out of it, he was, uh, he had this super cool style and really defined style, what he was doing. And, and, and he was like drawing everything by hand too. And that was a really big inspiration to me too, that like, oh, I should, I have to be as good as him now, you know, <laughs> and he kind of pushed up the level a little bit. You know? Yeah. He's, um, he's really good. Like he's, you know, there was there was a lot of uh, stuff that he was doing was really drawing me towards a Scandinavian, you know, art. Oh yeah. Like yeah. You know, things like um, you know, there were people like you know the the Vim crew and all that. Yeah. Like through through graffiti, yeah. but also with uh, like people like Finster were taking taking their graffiti influence and putting it into illustration, and then the outcome was always uh really exciting. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Really, really. Yeah, he's, re he's really good. Yeah, he always got like a super good idea too. You know. Yeah, and, uh, and even going back to Dwayne as well. Like I remember when he was in Melbourne, he'd he'd uh, he'd paint trains over here, but yeah, like all his letters would be made up of characters, and things yeah. like that. And like I, I, so, someone posted some of his photos on um, on Instagram a few weeks ago, and yeah, yeah, you know, they 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 even commented, it's like this stuff is still like killer today, you know. And yeah, definitely. Like when you ago, over twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, when you look look at all the old stuff, it's like mind blowing that he did that, and he was like maybe like twenty five or something when he did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, super talented. Yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy. Hang on, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> And I'll see the bars go up. Um, yeah. So, um, 
So do you, do you survive uh, solely off your art or do you like um, have other ways of making your money on the side? No, I, I, I survive on my art. Um, but it's just it's not just art. I do lots of graphic design too. Mm. So it's uh, probably like 70% illustration. And, uh, oh no, 50% illustration, 40% just playing graphic design, doing like book design and stuff like that. And maybe like 10% like my own art projects, you know, like selling like prints and stuff like that. Yeah. And have you ever had moments where you thought like, this is too hard, I, I might get a, a go back and work in an advertising agency? Yeah, I actually did a couple of years ago when I, uh, I thought it, I just, I had to work so much because you have to do, like illustration doesn't pay that good nowadays, you know. So I have to do so much. So I, I like, work like 24 hours a day I think it feels like so um at one time I got an offer to take a job at a like a chain store like uh, selling like printed t-shirts and stuff like that as, the, as an art director uh, and I started doing that but at exactly at the same time I just started working there I started getting all these really good offers to do cool jobs too so I did that simultaneously for for a year or something and then I just decided, I think, I think, um, and that was in Stockholm too, in a second, an hour to go there. And I got really tired of like sitting on a train all day. Yeah. So, um, so I, um, it was fun. It was, uh, you learned, I learned a lot from it, but, uh, it was good, really good for what I do now, like learning how to color separate and send stuff to print and stuff like that and do like packaging and, but, um, but I decided that I think I'm better off working myself for myself. Yeah. It is and now I've done it. Sorry. Yeah. No. I've done it for so long. So I think it would be pretty hard for me to get a real job now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is important to learn those technical side of, of, um, of like art when you're doing, sending stuff to print, I think. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people don't, and, don't know it. They just know how to make something look good, but they, um, it, yeah, I don't know how to help yeah, yeah, that's I. I always hear that from when I send stuff because I want to do like, um, when I do like press. Then it's the same thing when I worked in an advertising agency. I got I learned how to like present my work, like present my ideas, and that's really important too. That you know you just can't like like send sketches and stuff like that. You know, because I, I usually get like good feedback on that. And they're like, oh, you're so professional. That's so cool. We get exactly what you want to do and and um, and it's the same thing with you know when I send stuff to print and it's to get it right you know and that's like oh you already color separated that makes it so much easier for us and it's also a way for me to have control over what happens with the print afterwards you know if I if I've done all the color separations and stuff I know no one will fuck it up okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one will live trace your illustration yeah yeah definitely and that that's always like oh well you, we have to have this in vectors and i was like no you, you you don't have to have it in vectors it's just because you don't know how to do it you know yeah 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 so so do you spend like every day in the studio drawing is that that your average day yeah i got two kids that they go to school at eight so after that i'm uh I just go down to my office and I sit there. They come home at two and then I sit there for like until dinner time and then I make dinner and then I sometimes I go down and work again or 
usually to go, go down and work again for a couple of hours. So that's basically my days. Yeah, I can really, I really understand what when in the Husqvarna Nam interview, I you said he was lonely, and I can feel that way too sometimes, you know. <laughs> no, but especially uh, when it's snowing outside, you can't get out. Yeah, the winter times are hard. But I try to go for a walk. Some oh, like now this summer, I've been starting to like to jog a little bit to run. So I start the day with like a one hour like walk or run in the forest. That's really good for your soul. <laughs> so that makes you like. I think I work better the days I've been out out running in the morning. So I don't meet much people, but <laughs> you know, yeah. I get to do what I want. <laughs> I think it's really important to, to exercise a lot. Like I ride my bike everywhere. I don't own a car, but um, yeah. I also like I, I, I if I'm if I don't have to go to work, I go for a run every day, and I do exercises yeah. at home as well. And I find that um, if I don't do that, I feel a bit sluggish throughout the day. You know, it's yeah. Like, you know, yeah, lacking motivation and lacking inspiration. But um, yeah, you know, I have a have a um, a really big morning routine. I, I yeah, I sort I sort out all that stuff before I um before breakfast you know and then it's done you don't have to yeah if you say oh, i'll do it later on there's chances are it's not going to happen <laughs> yeah chances that i will do it is that it's really not going to happen <laughs> just like you just have to do it you know but yeah. afterwards it's really it feels really good yeah know? yeah so have you um have you had any um like inspiration to to be a gallery artist or are you just happy just being an illustrator uh well that's uh I really wanted to do it. I always wanted to be like a like a gallery artist and do exactly what I want to do and and things like that. But it's I have lots of friends who is gallery artists and and um, they seem to have a, a much harder life than me. Actually, you know, mm. so it seems to be hard to get you know get paid to do be a gallery artist and and uh, like uh, artistically, I think. I wouldn't evolve as much when I, if I just could do exactly what I wanted to do. Because when I do like illustration work, I, re, I always have to come up with like new, you know, like if the client wants something special, I have to learn how to draw that, you know. So I'm still learning all the time. And I think I would, I'm afraid I would stop learning if I just got to do exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I'd like to do more, more like on my own ideas because I got so much ideas that I haven't really got to sell into a client. Usually I have like ideas and then I can find like if a client wants something and I'm, I can think, think like, oh, maybe they can get this idea that I, maybe they will like this idea that I have. Uh, but then there are some ideas that I think that will be really, really good that that I don't have anyone to to publish. So, yeah. so, um, so those ideas I would like to have, well, uh, yeah, I would like to have like gallery shows, but I don't think I would like to be only a gallery artist. I would like to like some kind of balance between doing art shows and uh, and working, which is really hard because you it's it's hard to say no to work, you know. Yeah. And now I got so much work that I don't have time to do my own art, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had, um, I had an exhibition with um with Nug last year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And he's man, he he's doing really well for himself in the gallery gallery scene yeah 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 yeah. it was really interesting watching him paint though because like his art is so loose but you know he really um he really oh he did that before he uh before he paints you know 
Yeah, but he's he's a he's a character, you know. He sure is. He's, yeah, yeah, but he's got because I grew up uh, watching Nug when he was like a like a graffiti writer, and he was so so innovative and so good, you know. He came up with like all of the Scandinavian styles, basically from basically based on the things him and Eamon come up with, came up with. Oh, and the Finnish guys too, you know. Mm-hmm. But but. But when he turned into when he started doing that, the the you know the messy stuff, you know, mm. just painting a big wall with doodles, um, I didn't really get it actually, because I, I was I was thinking like, man, why doesn't he do the the old stuff? That's so much cooler. But you know, but but I guess like um, the gallery people would never get the the greatness of his graffiti, you know. But they have a simpler, oh, easier to understand the, his kind of uh, ex- expressionistic uh, style, you know. Yeah. Even yeah. even though his um he you know his stuff looks really um it's like loose and really scribbly and everything. It's um, you know, I, I, I was with him all weekend, and he and he only did like three or four lines, but he contemplated them all weekend, and he waited till like like about 20 minutes before the gallery actually opened before he yeah, actually yeah. painted them, them lines on the wall. You know, he, he was, uh, yeah, contemplating the whole time. It's, uh, it looks so loose and so easy. And it's one of those things that, you know, um, how people can say, Oh, oh my, my, my two year old son could have done that or, or something along those lines. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but you know, that you know how, how good he, he is as an artist yeah and, yeah um, definitely and you think and you know how much and and to, to see him think that long and hard over just doing a few lines it was it was crazy yeah but he was um just when he got his big break in the fine arts world he was like in this really big like art scandal in sweden yeah when uh yeah because he his uh when he went to like konstfak which is the big the big um, like art high school or university level art school he um, his uh, exam work was uh, he did that kind of thing in a subway car yeah. and made movies of it yeah which uh, like the swedish uh, culture minister of culture um, just rushed out of the big of a big art show like this is not art you know which became a really big thing in the media and he had to go and hide in in uh, helsinki for a couple of weeks you know and there's a documentary about it. Uh, I think it's on YouTube, a Nug documentary, and I think it has subtitles too. Yeah, so, I've watched that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that was on Swedish television, you know, that documentary. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's because uh, he had a lot of um, like big people in the art uh, art world like backing him up. So yeah, yeah, really definitely. really exciting and everything. Like, yeah. we, we, like I picked him up like, because we had our – it was me, Eggs, and Nug had a show in Barcelona. Yeah. And we, um, oh, cool. yeah, no, I, I picked picked him up from the bus stop because he got off the got off the aeroplane, and caught a bus into into town, and straight away I was like, oh, let's go painting, you know. So I took him to a spot, and um, I saw it during the day, and it looked like the perfect spot, like a little wall that that um, if you paint, you get a, you can get a photo, and it overlooks all of Barcelona. So oh, I went cool. went there at night to paint it, and um, there was some, uh, I don't know, there was like a tree house there or something. And this guy yeah. came out, like we hadn't even started painting and this guy came out at us and um and pulled a big knife on us and <laughs> held, held oh, us up shit. against this wall. And he was like, 
I don't know I've had a few knives pulled on me in South America and stuff and it's like you know normally they're just like give me your money type of thing but this guy was I think he had his family like his wife and kids in there and he was oh, like shit. he was furious he was like waving it at us and and like doing stabbing actions and everything it was it was really scary and oh, it sounds scary yeah Nug and I we because we had to jump down this big wall to get into the spot and it, yeah. it had been raining earlier and we couldn't climb up the wall it was really slippery and this, <laughs> this guy got so pissed off with us, he ended up having to put his knife down and, and give us a boost up the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it ended well, actually. <laughs> yeah, it ended well. And then we went out and we ended up um, going out painting. You know, we ended up having a really big night, you know. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was fun, funny times, you know. Yeah. But, but man, it was just like, I just met the guy, like I'd known him for like 10 minutes and it's like, yeah, I know where to go. And he's just like, what the fuck are you taking me there for? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a great story. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So anyway, getting, getting back to you. Um, yeah. Like, uh, like, like looking back at your, your life and your career, like, um, is, like what advice would you give yourself uh, in the beginning, like knowing what you know now? Uh, basically just keep on doing what you do, you know, and don't, because uh, I was kind of feeling pretty bad about not having like an education because it's in Sweden, at least it is like to become like a graphic designer or an artist, you have to go to these schools and you have to be in this scene and stuff like that. And I was never really into that scene. And that made me feel like, no, I thought like hopeless for a long time about that. But then I just found like noticed like, man, I did it anyway, you know. So I would probably say just keep on doing what you do and don't look too much on what other people are doing, you know. Yeah. Just just boost my confidence a little bit. <laughs> that's that's about it, you know. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that because I, you know, like I didn't even finish high school or anything, you know, no. but then I went and got like a, a diploma and a degree in design and stuff. And I haven't, um, like, although I learned a lot when I was doing that, I learned how to do the job. Um, yeah. Like I haven't had to pull it out and show anyone my degree. Like, you know, I yeah. received it in a, in, a, in a tube and it hasn't come out of the tube. You know, I don't even know oh. what it looks like. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know. But, um, um, but I feel the same, like going into the art world, like I, um, I, I've been trying to educate myself with art because people say, oh, like name drop art, famous artists and stuff. And I don't know who they're talking yeah. about, you know. No, but, but um, you know, you have to find what, what's interesting for yourself, you know. Hmm. I, I'm, I, can, I can think it's in interesting with like, like art history and stuff like that. But I'm always been more into like, like comic book artists and like illustrators. That's uh, or like commercial illustration. Yeah, that's what I've always been looking at, and that's why I, probably why I do it. You know, it's uh, it's um, I don't know. It's um, you know, you just have to find what what suits suits for yourself to get inspired. You know. Yeah, totally. Do you uh, do you have any like uh, future plans? Anything anything on the go? Well, yeah, I'm working on some really big projects now. I don't think I can talk about it yet, but that would be like visible all over Sweden for like next year, like really visible. You know? mm -hmm. And uh, then I, then I'm, because um, I've been talking about, you know, Document Press has done like lots of like books about artists or like 
books collecting other artists' work, uh, like Rubin from Sweden lives in uh, lives in, is a, a mural artist lives in New York, and uh, like Olio, another like mural guy. And they asked me if I want to do one of those, and I, I, I always, I said no to it for a couple of years, you know, because I don't feel that I'm really ready for it. But uh, then this summer I said yes, <laughs> you know. So I'm kind of working about uh, working with that a little bit, trying to collect my stuff and like sorting out what I wanted to have in my book. But then it's that that's nothing like really, not hundred percent yet that we will do it because we need to get some finances ready or stuff like that. Mm. But hopefully I will publish a book next year about with like uh, like a retrospect book with all my work, which would be really nice because it feels like lots of my stuff just disappeared. You know, when I do like posters and skate graphics, you just make them and then they disappear, you know. It was fun to have some everything collected in somewhere where lots of people have it. Because if my, if my house would burn down, everything I've done would be like lost, you know. Because <laughs> so, I have everything at home, you know. Yeah. Because you've got an extensive website, like looking looking at your um, through. Your, I was just clicking through your website today, and it's like, man, you've yeah. done so much work. You know. Yeah, yeah. I tried to put as much as I can up there so that people understand that I have done all these things. That's basically because so clients will will see like because sometimes when you, when a client contacts you, it's like, oh, that's that guy with a like graffiti style. He's probably a young guy that doesn't have. Not much experience but i want the clients to know that i'm like a professional illustrator i've done this for like 15 years or something professionally and i probably know much more than they do you know mm. about this work so i just want people to understand that i've been working for a long time with this and and that i know what i'm doing you know so you know you get this like oh i want to can your logo be bigger can the text be bigger you know and you have to make them understand that to make a good product you know you have to know that your experience is pretty valuable in this thing that it's, it will not be more more visible if you make everything bigger probably not very much more visible just be a mess you know mm-hmm. so so that that's why i have a i put everything up well it's not everything my website is pretty hard curated actually <laughs> I, I put up like maybe like 30% of my work on the website. It's just like my best work, I think. Yeah. Go, go to, um, can't put everything up. It's like, no, 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 definitely not. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I need to update it soon because it's been a long time ago since last time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Got some, lots of stuff. A, a lot of, I know a lot of the, um, like the board graphics and stuff you've been doing seem pretty current, like the flip stuff and that. that, that. Yeah, the flip stuff is like the last three or four years, everything. Yeah. But I still have like, for series or something of graphics that I haven't put up yet, but they will. You can see them on my Instagram because I put up everything on Instagram, yeah. almost everything. Yeah, the cool stuff at least. <laughs> yeah, I saw that yeah. Um, that that Karen Cables board you put up the other day. The the yeah, that was cool. Thing these yeah, days. I really, I actually had no idea about that thing. Yeah, because that that graphics was for another project initially. Yeah, I did that that graphic for for another thing with other colors in it and then i just saw the movie on the flip side and i was like what oh cool i used it for this thing instead yeah it came up so nice. yeah it looked really good do, do they um do they just do a heat transfer on the boards now or they don't screen print them anymore yeah most of the boards are heat transfer the, the big series mm. but it's it's really good heat transfer it's like it's screen printed on this thin plastic film 
but it's uh, so it's it's really like clean colors it's not rasterized or anything like that it's it's it looks really good but the smaller series they make for like you know like like this current thing that was like a, they only made hundreds of them then then they uh, screen print them because yeah. uh, they're manufactured at the NHS which is they make Santa Cruz and they have like this really good screen printing Oh, they are the original screen printers, you know, that did the skate graphics, you know. Yeah, they were the first people to work out how to do it over the whole board and everything, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that film. That guy talks about how they how they did it and how they come up with it. Have you seen that on YouTube? No, I haven't. I'll have to look it up. That's really it's this guy like standing with the old original like like screen printing frame, the the wealth one that is like you can go over the whole board with it. And it talks about it and it's like, oh, this paint stains here is from the old like the old Grossos and the old Ross Cops, you know, I love that film. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if you, uh, if you could like, um, sit on a bench and have a talk with anyone, who would it be? With anyone? Uh, say living. We'll have to say living. living. I still haven't nailed this question. I don't know how to get it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, God, I have no idea. I, I like to meet uh, Jim Phillips, yeah. the guy who did the Santa Cruz graphics. That would be cool. And uh, yeah, and, and uh, like the, like the original skate graphics guys, I think would be really cool to meet. Yeah. I like to meet uh, Daniel Klaus, the cartoonist. Seems really, really interesting. But I don't know. Probably it's. Uh, you know, you probably get disappointed when you meet all these guys, you know, <laughs> like all the guys that I know is like probably worked by themselves for a whole life, you know, <laughs> sitting and probably not very social, you know, <laughs> so I don't know. I just, uh, oh, I like to hang out with my friends and talk art, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There seems to be lots of like, really, when I listen to your podcast, all of the guys seems really nice, you know, oh, yeah, anyone would be cool to meet, you know, <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. I've, uh, I've I've started a good thing. I get to sit down and uh, and talk with a lot of people. It's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Anyone I can think of, I try and contact. You know, a lot of yeah. people. You know, I don't. They don't always get back to me, but I just move on to the next person. I've got an extensive list. I'm just trying to chip away. Yeah. Oh god. I, I I recently met this guy who made this book the document put up called Forms of Rocking. It's about graffiti. It's mm -hmm. a it's about graffiti. Not not one single picture in it. It's just like a book about why graffiti looks why, well why he thinks graffiti looks the way it looks and why why the trends has gone as they have gone you know in in the style um it's really cool and I, I got to me i went to a lecture with him in stockholm and he's called uh, arti anse he's from helsinki and um we went out had a beer afterwards and it was really nice it was like oh, it's so nice to just meet someone who like speak the same language well he doesn't speak the same language but the same like <laughs> Uh, what do you call it, like creative language or something? Yeah. As I do, we had like a really good talk, you know. Um, you could recommend him for the podcast. He was he had really good thoughts about graffiti and why it looks the way it looks, you know. Yeah, I'll I'll look look cool. into him. Definitely. Yeah, do that. Yeah, have, have you yeah. seen that that have you seen that phase two book, Style Writing from the Underground? No, no, I haven't. Man, that's a that's a really good read. There's a lot of pictures in there too, but um, ah, cool. But it's um, but it's just him like breaking down 
the evolution of style and and it's, oh, um, cool. it's not all about like this guy bombed this and this guy did that it's all about like like breaking down style uh-huh. yeah i love i love her i love hearing those like the old new york guys talking you know mm. uh like the first one uh, book have you read that oh uh, yeah like I first yeah, one yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, i love, love that one yeah. and then i did i did a book with document called uh, uh classic hits yeah, by uh, um, A1. He was the guy who invented the bubble letters. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he, it was like his photo collection and he, he, he collected all these cool little interviews with all these like guys that painted like like 1972 or something. You know? That was really interesting, I think, to to read what they had to say about graffiti. Yeah. And they probably like, quit painting before before it got big, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. So, um, like, where's the best place to, to see your art online? I think the best place is my uh, my Instagram. It's uh, Mandaroid, M-A-N-D-E-R-O-I-D. Uh, that's where I put, like, everything up, and you can scroll back there for years. You know? <laughs> and then uh, my website is the mander.nu. Uh, uh, that's a little bit more curated, but you can click your way down in the wormhole there too. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then I got like a Facebook page, just plain Mander, um, where I put stuff up too sometimes. You know? Yeah. Do yeah. You, do, you, um, do you do stuff under your own name as well, like Martin Nanda, or you just join it up to have Manda and you just do everything <clears> under that? It's kind of the same thing. Mander, Martin Ander, it's like people call me whatever. Yeah. Uh, usually Mander is kind of turning from my like my signature to my like artist name and then started pe- people started calling me that. Like my friends started calling me that and now it's basically Mander. <laughs> but my old friends call me Martin still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, they don't call me Martin. They call me Martin Ander. They always use my last name too. I don't know why. Lots of Martins out there. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. All right. Well, it's been uh, nice sitting down and having a chat with you. And, yeah, really um, nice. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for um, thanks for taking the time to to have a oh. chat. It's been it's been really good. Really good insight into your uh, into your career. Yeah. Thanks. It was it was nice talking. Yeah. No worries. Cool. For more info on today's artist, uh, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you can listen to previous episodes and also see images from the artist that's been interviewed. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That way you can get the podcast delivered to your phone uh, automatically every week when an episode comes out. Uh, while you're there, it'd be great if you could uh, rate and review the podcast. That way uh, we'll get noticed by more people and have more people listening to it. You can also keep up to date with what's going on with the podcast on Instagram, uh, bench underscore talk. Uh, also streaming now on Facebook and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to tune in next week. Thanks.